Welcome to the AWS Edge Chat Podcast. I'm a specialized solution architect with a passion around Edge. In each episode, I'll dive into the world of Edge, talk about interesting developments, what you need to know, and what it means to our customers. Hello, my name is Shane Baldacino, and this is episode four of the AWS Edge Chat Podcast. In this month's episode of AWS Edge Chat, I'm gonna cover two announcements in this Edge Roundup, being born out of reInvent 2020 which means I'm covering the month of December, plus visiting the AWS WordPress plugin, and I'm gonna share with you my ninja tips on what you can do to prevent end users sidestepping CloudFront and directly accessing your origin. Okay, let's get started with the announcements. First up, Global Accelerator. So to recap, Global Accelerator is a networking service that's going to send your users traffic through AWS's global network of infrastructure. It's going to improve performance by up to 60%. So when the internet is congested, Global Accelerator is going to automatically leverage routing optimizations. That's gonna help keep packet loss, jitter, and latency in check, you know, consistently low. So the short of it, the summary here is we leverage our own private network to route your users to an endpoint rather than using the public internet. So in mid-December, Global Accelerator launched the ability to create a custom routing accelerator. What's that, you may ask? Well, it's a new type of accelerator, the custom routing accelerator. This is going to allow you to use your own application logic to route user traffic to a specific EC2 destination while still leveraging the benefits of Global Accelerator. So to set the scene, let me explain how standard accelerator works. Standard accelerators are really useful for a wide variety of scenarios, such as A-B testing, blue-green deployments, API acceleration, live video, you know, I could go on. Since standard accelerators are designed to load balance traffic, you cannot deterministically route multiple users to a specific EC2 destination behind your accelerator, and that may be required for some use cases. Now, this is important to note here. So if you are familiar with, say, network load balancers and the concept of sticky sessions where you would route users to a specific instance if your application was not stateless, think of a standard accelerator, you know, as a stateless, you know, scenario here. This update comes back to choice, you know, adding more choice because there are times, you know, and this provides, you know, the ability to route users to a specific instance. So think of designing maybe a multiplayer gaming application. You may want to assign multiple players to a single session on a game server based on certain factors. You know, that could be geographic location, player skill, gaming configuration, or pivoting to another example, maybe VoIP, you know, voice over IP, or social media applications that assign multiple users to a specific media server to initiate voice, video, messaging, and so on. So... With custom routing accelerators, you can route multiple users to a specific EC2 destination in a single or multiple AWS regions by directing them to a unique port on your accelerator. This feature makes it easier to integrate Global Accelerator with your application logic. My colleague, Jibril, has co-authored a great blog post on this feature update with end-to-end walkthroughs on the CLI illustrating this feature. Check it out. Just remember, if your application is global in nature, tied to a resource in a single AWS region, Global Accelerator is going to use our backhaul to accelerate bits versus the public internet and speed up end user performance. Atlassian's Git compliant source control platform, Bitbucket is a perfect example of how Global Accelerator has accelerated end user performance. If you are curious on just how much Global Accelerator accelerated Bitbucket, pop in Bitbucket and Global Accelerator into your favorite search engine. Not really an update that we cover here on Edge Chat, but after talking with a telco today about streaming, Direct Connects entered the conversation, and I want to talk to you about a specific announcement at reInvent around Transit Gateway. 
So if you aren't familiar with Transit Gateway, Transit Gateway connects VPCs and on-premise networks through a central hub. This is gonna simplify your network and puts an end to complex peering relationships. Think of it as you know a cloud router. Each new connection is only made once. So if you've been on AWS for you know quite a while, you might have multiple AWS accounts, perhaps hundreds with lots of VPCs, you know, hundreds of thousands. Before not too long, you may have what I like to call VPC spaghetti mesh peering. That's not an official AWS term, that's my term here. But look, it can be a huge job to track peering relationships, usually you know involving Lambda functions and so on. So this feature update around Transit Gateway is called Transit Gateway Connect, and it's bringing SD-WAN or software-defined wired area network connectivity into Transit Gateway. So most field conversations seem to always talk about Kubernetes in many circles. But if networking is your thing, then you could probably replace Kubernetes with SD-WAN as it's really changing the way builders build their networks. So until now, customers have had to rely on a do-it-yourself approach for deploying SD-WAN solutions into AWS. Being do-it-yourself, you know, it's going to involve provisioning of maybe transit VPC, VPN connections, which comes with trade-offs. You know, you are having to manage EC2 instances, you're driving up costs, and ultimately you are increasing the amount of operational overhead of managing such solutions. But no more. So a great win for customers. So customers can now seamlessly extend their SD-WAN edge into AWS using standard protocols such as GRE, so Generic Routing Encapsulation, and BGP, or the Border Gateway Protocol, with just a few clicks. So apart from allowing integration with SD-WAN appliances, it also brings improved bandwidth and supports dynamic routing with increased route limits. Thus, you know, it's going to remove the need to set up multiple IPsec VPNs between the SD-WAN appliances and Transit Gateway because, you know, there are limits around VPN connections. So this just translates into a simpler and cleaner network topology. You know, if you have a complex network here and you are using Transit Gateway, please take a look at this update. Okay, moving on, I want to have a fun fact. Now, I sound like Sheldon Cooper here, but it was actually quite amazing to myself when I heard this. So I'm sure everyone here has heard of WordPress, you know, that ever popular CMS. But did you know in its 17 years of existence, WordPress is used by more than 60 million websites, including 33.6% of the top 10 million websites as of April 2019. And WordPress is the most popular content management system today. That I would believe. So if all you got from that was it's popular, then I have conveyed my message. But what does that have to do with Edge Chain? Well, did you know AWS has a WordPress plugin? It wasn't released in 2020, but it's been out for about one year now, and it was previously known as the Amazon Poly and Amazon AI plugin that would read your blog posts out to your users, you know, leveraging Poly on the back end. It's been rebranded to the AWS for WordPress plugin and now provides a workflow to configure a CloudFront distribution that's highly optimized for WordPress. The WordPress plugin is free to download and you download it within WordPress, you know, within the plugin directory. So you're gonna to navigate to your wp-admin location and search a plugin directory. The plugin's new CloudFront workflow creates distribution with multiple cache behaviors. So, you know, we are based on the, on the path here, each one tailored to serving varying types of content for the best viewer experience. With this plugin, obviously standard AWS usage charges are going to apply for the service in use. I mentioned Poly previously, but this plugin wraps Poly, CloudFront and Translate into one easy to use package. It's going to require an IAM policy and an IAM user to be defined. Now, I'm not going to step through, you know, a detailed guide, but at a high level, you're going to need an AWS account, 
obviously a WordPress website and IAM user and policy. You'll then install the plugin from the WordPress plugin gallery and you'll configure the plugin within the plugin to leverage CloudFront and optionally Poly, Translate and so on. So if WordPress is in your wheelhouse and given the global nature of this product, it may be. So look, it is absolutely worthwhile taking a look. Lastly today, I wanna to share with you a ninja tip about ways to shut the back door to your applications. So you're gonna to need to use your imagination here. But have you ever seen a photo of a big fence, you know, powerful imposing gates, maybe with guards, and then, you know, a little bit down the road, an empty hole in the fence just to walk through? Well, that is often the case when users set up CloudFront and AWS WAF and leave access open to the application or network or classic load balancer. So I wanna share with you a few of my tips on how you can close this down. These are my black belt ninja tips. A common way to use CloudFront is to use it as the front end of an ALB, an application load balancer. You normally set this up so you know your end users are gonna be talking to CloudFront and then it's gonna be leveraging ALB as the origin, you know, probably hosting containers or so on. CloudFront is gonna be doing the perimeter work, you know, caching, WAF, and then it's gonna pass it on to the origin. However, there's nothing really stopping anyone scanning the AWS IP space, connecting to every IP on port 80 or 443, you know, to see what they can find. I mentioned WordPress, you know, there's a WordPress vulnerability scanner, really, really, really simple stuff here. You know, you don't need to be a genius to be able to implement a lot of these vulnerabilities. So, you know, imagine they find your server and they're gonna be bypassing WAF, um, you know, perhaps, you know, trying to do SQL injection, cross-site scripting, amongst other things. If you aren't aware, these are bad things, you know, pop in OWASP top 10 into Google and, you know, read a little bit more here. A basic approach is to get to know your ALB. You know, it's a really powerful tool. The application load balancer supports advanced request routing, which allows you to validate many things, including a host name. So a really basic thing that you could start with is you could validate your domain name, you know, in the host header and black hole, anything that doesn't match. So the logic is gonna be performed on the ALB and it's gonna cover about 80% of cases as if they have an IP import, you know, they're not gonna get through. But this is obviously not gonna stop someone with basic knowledge of your infrastructure from bypassing this protection. It's a really good first step. Another option is to leverage security groups. Now this is the official AWS way to perform this. Of course, given it's from us, we use our Swift Army Knife tool, Lambda. We publish a list of site arrangers for our services, so EC2, CloudFront, and others. And we send an SNS message when this list is updated. You then trigger a Lambda from that SNS message and update security group on the ALB to only allow traffic from those ranges. This works, however, it has a couple of problems. The list is fairly long. You know, a security group can only have up to 50 entries. So you have to manage splitting it over a number of security groups. Now, whilst this has just been addressed in the latest update of this script, there is a lot of moving parts, which can be difficult to diagnose in the event of a problem. You know, that could be deprecated Lambda runtimes, rogue issues potentially affecting Lambda. And if someone is trying to access your site within the AWS network, which is likely, they're gonna be able to bypass this because it's going to originate from these IP ranges. Lastly, CloudFront also has the option to inject a header with a fixed value before calling the origin. This header can be anything, you know, prefix it with X hyphen, which is typically re recommended and any value you would like. So CloudFront makes this really easy for you to inject a header. You can then pick up on that header on the ALB or any layer seven device such as HAProxy, Nginx and so on and block traffic, allowing only traffic with that header to continue. 
These are just a couple of ways you can stop people bypassing your CloudFront protections. You know, use them in combination, all of which are easy to implement and provide additional layers of protection. They will keep your backend more secure and make sure all your visitors to your site pass through the correct checks and filters. Well, that's it for today and for 2020. Thank you for joining me and I look forward to continuing these monthly roundups in 2021. Wishing you a happy and festive new year. And remember, feedback does drive the direction of this show. So do drop myself a message, BAL Shane at amazon.com. But until next time, bye for now.